So in season five of Franchise Findings, we're gonna to continue to go through some of the most popular franchises in the United States and globe. Also, we're going through some emerging franchise concepts that have anywhere from two, five, hundred locations throughout the United States growing and looking to take on the world with their franchise system. We continue to interview founders of franchises as well as franchisees. So a lot of information for you. Hope you enjoy season five of Franchise Findings. All right, so we've been getting questions about the biggest franchises in the US, in the world. And before we go through every type of franchise, let's focus on the biggest franchise category, and that's quick service restaurants. So fast food franchises, what are the top 20 fast food franchises for 2022? I'm gonna give options that you could potentially invest in to buy a franchise in the United States for one of these brands, as well as five runner-ups, which unfortunately aren't currently franchising, but you could potentially buy their stock or they might franchise in the future. So number one's Chick-fil-A. Average restaurant sales for Chick-fil-A is $6.1 million. For those that are freestanding restaurants outside a mall and have been operating at least one full calendar year, they're making even more money, closer to $8 million when they have a drive-through location. But even stores without a drive-through are still reaching $3.2 million. Chick-fil-A is expanding throughout the states, 155 locations nationwide last year. The family's worth billions of dollars. We have another report on franchise billionaires. You'll have to read that report and we'll, we'll create a, a video. And although you can't own 100% of a franchise or even own at all the franchise, you can get 50% of the profits by investing just a, a commitment of $10,000 of capital to, to run and operate a Chick-fil-A, you can expect in the range of 200K to $400,000 a year that you're making. And there are Chick-fil-A operators clearing over half a million dollars. Whataburger, so those that are uh, familiar with this Texas regional fast food chain, opened in 1950, headquartered in San Antonio. Last year, 2021, I expanded with 29 locations. You're required though to have a lot of money to open up a Whataburger. So in comparison to Chick-fil-A, you need 300 times the amount of money. So $5 million in liquid uh, assets and a $12.5 million net worth. The good news is you own 100% of the business and you should be able to sell your Whataburger or multiple Whataburgers for a nice uh, multiple and return on your investment. Next is McDonald's, which really revolutionized the franchise system. It wasn't the first franchise per se, but it revolutionized it, and, and especially in the fast food segment. Average restaurant sales, 3.4 million. Restaurant sales bumped up 21% to more than $112 billion, a company record. Number four is Culver's, an emerging brand that probably fast forward five years, everyone's gonna know about this company. Average restaurant sales, $3.1 million. It's been around for 38 years, but largely in the Midwest. But they had a food truck tour for the first time where they visited 17 cities across uh, the United States with their first ever mobile uh, Culver's. And I think that was generating a buzz, potentially attracting uh, new fans, consumers uh, to the Culver's brand, as well as potentially franchisees. System-wide sales were 1.7 B in 2019, and then lifted to nearly 2 billion in 2020, and then 2.48 billion uh, in 2021. Very few Culver's have closed over its 35 plus year history. It's a great option, especially for those that have real estate development experience because the development costs are, are generally a fraction of what you can sell 
to a REIT. They sell for a nice rate where there's other franchise systems. You buy the land, you develop the site and you, you sell it off and you get some return. But Culver's, it looks like a pretty nice return where you could potentially net over a million dollars based on developing the site and then selling it off to a REIT. Next up, Krispy Kreme at the number five slot. Average sales, about $3 million. Krispy Kreme's publicly traded on the, the NASDAQ. Net revenue grew 23% to $1.38 billion. Operates in more than 30 countries and plans to expand in three more countries in the next couple of years. They're mostly growing through corporately owned and operated locations. So I'd be, I'd be a little afraid of becoming a new franchisee in the system because the corporate might just take all the best locations and you might compete directly with them. And they're already selling Krispy Kremes in a lot of uh, grocery stores, as many of you know. Panera Bread, uh, favorite from my teenage years. Average restaurant sales, 2.7 mil. It's a bakery concept, fast casual restaurant for those who aren't familiar, over 2000 locations. To become an area developer of Panera in 2022, you have to have experience already as a multi-unit restaurant operator. Net worth of 7.5 million, liquid assets of $3 million, real estate experience in the market to be developed, as well as cultural fit and passion for fresh bread. Panera, it, it, it was taken private, but while it was a publicly traded company, it went up like more than Google and more than a lot of technology stocks have gone up in the, in the similar time frame. The investment return has been absurdly high for Panera Bread for those that owned Panera in, in the 90s and, and, and 2000s before it was taken private. Zaxby's, number seven, average restaurant sales, 2.5 mil. They offer chicken wings, chicken finger sandwich salads. Most of the restaurants are owned by franchisees, which I like. And AUV rose from 2.2 million in 2020 to 2.5. Initial investment, 500K to a million dollars. So we estimate a pretty fast payback period for a Zaxby's and as little as four years to get your initial return on investment. Panda Express, another brand like Chick-fil-A that's still closely held by the family and has made them billionaires. So Panda Express really revolutionized first chain of American Chinese cuisine to dominate throughout the United States, over 2,200 locations. And they've been testing out meatless orange chicken and different partnerships with Beyond Meat. The franchise and license locations of Panda Express mostly operate in airports and non-traditional locations. They also perform a lot worse than the corporately owned and managed locations. Those with a drive-through single tenant. I've been to Panda Express and, and food courts, at airports, at um, and also the single standing. Most are corporately owned and operated. Less than 10% are actually operated by franchisees and licensees. Panda Express is probably a brand that I would skip on, just as the, again, the, you're competing with this billionaire family and who wants to do that where you're a very small fish competing directly uh, with the, the franchisor in this case. El Pollo Loco, average restaurant sales, $2 million, and it specializes in Mexican style grilled chicken. It has a new CEO and a pretty aggressive franchise growth into different markets. They're looking for multi-concept franchisees as part of their expansion strategy. Coming in at number 10, Bojangles, average restaurant sales 1.9 mil, specializes in Cajun uh, season fried chicken. Approximately 770 restaurants across mostly the South
southeastern United States, and they recently signed a development deal with one of their longtime franchisees, Jeff Rigsby, to open up 45 stores in the next seven years. It's a great sign. Generally, when a system's on a decline, their top franchisees are not opening more locations. So as a side, you had Dunkin' Donuts franchisees that just kept opening up more locations, kept reinvesting their money, opening up more locations. The moment the top franchisees stop doing that, that's definitely a red flag for the system. We can have a whole other episode on that. Going back to the, to the top 20, Wendy's at 11, average restaurant sales 1.9 mil. Last year, Wendy's delivered 121 new restaurants, including opening of Wendy's first UK restaurant, and it's a hundredth, uh, thousandth international store. We expect franchisees in the US to be making 250K to $300,000 in EBITDA and earnings. I personally own Wendy's stock. I'm a big fan of Wendy's. Next up, Popeyes. Popeyes had average restaurant sales $1.8 million, founded in 1972 in New Orleans, and it's currently headquartered here down the highway uh, from where we are uh, 15 minutes here in uh, Miami. Last year, uh, AUV rose about $400,000 up to $1.8 million. So pretty nice expansion of revenue going from 1.4 to 1.8. Last year, Popeyes opened 208 stores in the US and Canada, and which brings its total to about 3,000 restaurants. And they're doing more traditional freestanding uh, footprint. That's also looking at a double drive-through for coming restaurants that are opening up next year in 2023. Number 13, McAllister's uh, Deli, average restaurant sales 1.8 million. It was founded in 1989 in Oxford, Mississippi by a retired dentist, Dr. Don Newcomb. Last year, it saw about $870 million in system-wide sales, and they're pretty bullish to get up to a billion dollars by 2024. The brand crossed recently 500 domestic locations, and their largest franchisee, David Blackburn of Southern Rock Restaurants, was the one that opened up that, that 500th location and continues building stores. Number 14, Jack in the Box. Average restaurant sales of $1.8 million. Jack in the Box is an American fast food chain founded in 1951, has over 2,200 locations, mostly on the West Coast of the United States, especially in California. Last year, they bought for about $600 million uh, Del Taco, a 600-unit franchise system, and they have pretty big expansion plans, and they've had 50 new agreements consisting of more than 200 restaurants. That's the biggest commitment they've had in their 71-year history. Number 15, Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. They're based in Wichita, Kansas. They continue to improve um, system-wide sales up 17.8%, opened 32 new restaurants including New Jersey, Wisconsin, and they continue to sign multi-unit uh, development agreements. Number 16, Taco Bell, average restaurant sales 1.8 uh, million, owned by Yum Brands, they also own uh, KFC. They continue to expand both in the US and internationally. Number 17, Sonic Drive-In, it's owned by Inspire Brands, a parent company of Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings. Last year, Sonic turned in, in the best two-year same-store performance, 25% uh, growth, they are pretty expensive to open up and definitely look at that payback period if you're looking to explore a Sonic drive-in. Wingstop 1.6, you'll notice a lot of chicken brands that I've just gone through and it's aviation themed restaurant specializing in chicken wings and they also have chicken sandwiches. It experienced its best performance in terms of the restaurant sales during its 
long tenor uh, as a publicly traded company. Uh, same source sales increased 8% year over year and then 29% on a two year basis. And they opened net growth of 193 uh, locations. Del Taco I mentioned was bought for about $600 million by Jack in the Box, also uh, publicly traded. It specializes in Mexican cuisine, also burgers, fries, shakes. They signed nine deals last year for 68 restaurants in 10 states. And together with Jack in the Box, they have 2,800 plus uh, locations. Number 20, Five Guys, about $1.5 million in average uh, restaurant sales. It was founded or headquartered in Lorden, Virginia at the end of 2021. It already had 1,300 plus restaurants. Net gain of, of, of eight restaurants, system-wide sales rose from 1.7 billion to nearly 2.1 billion. Now I wanna go through some restaurants where sometimes the numbers were just too good to franchise, where they just wanted to keep opening up corporate locations, as was the case with Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers at $4.5 million average restaurant uh, sales. They're opening one up just two blocks from us in Miami Beach. It opens in two weeks. Excited to check that out. It was founded in Baton Rouge, Louisiana in 1996. At $4.5 million AUV, it was second only to Chick-fil-A. Both those brands you can't own. Chick-fil-A, you can you know, become a manager that's absurdly well compensated, 200K to 400K. Uh, potentially more. And Raising Cane's has a similar thing, a restaurant partner program, which helps the store managers continue to rise up, become operators of company-owned restaurants, and they can receive um, much more money than a, a typical manager of a McDonald's, for example. They continue to boost a really nice pipeline and, and plan to open up another 300 restaurants throughout the states. Number two, Shake Shack, just in the other direction of us on Lincoln Road in Miami Beach. Um, they have a location, average restaurant sales, 3.5 million. Started in New York, it, it's publicly traded, so you, you can buy the stock. And despite the lockdown and pandemic, they had overall uh, system-wide sales of $1.1 billion and, and marked the highest year for the company in 2021. And it has over two times the AUV of other better burger concepts like Five Guys. So it's a really cemented itself in that space. And again, it doesn't franchise. Pretty similar average restaurant sales, 3.7 million in and out burger, regional chain. Everyone knows about it in California, the Southwest, mainstay staple. I don't know how local authorities allow the crazy uh, traffic around the, the, the corner to, to get an in and out burger, but it could be another story. The footprint's much larger than a, uh, a Shake Shack or most of the concepts that I went through today at 3,500 plus square feet. You can't buy the stock, it's privately owned. You can't own an In-N-Out Burger. The closest you can get to the action is buying a plot of land, developing the land, and hopefully before that you you, you spoke to In-N-Out's real estate team to see if you could lease that space to an In-N-Out Burger. And then number four, Chipotle average sales, 2.6 million. They have restaurants in the US, UK, Canada, Germany, and France, specialized in bowls, tacos, mission burritos made to order in front of the customer, always fresh. Last year, the chain's full year sales hit 3.4 billion, which is approximately three and a half times what Chipotle reported in 2019. More important, its loyalty program members increased from 8.5 million to 26 million um, from 2020 to 2021. I own Chipotle Sock, big fan uh, of the company, and they've had some struggles with their unit performance in the UK and France, but if they can figure out and break out of the US market into some of these markets, I think the, the sky's the limit for Chipotle.
And then you have White Castle, $1.8 million, uh, regional hamburger chain, Midwest, New York area, founded 101 years ago, again, in Wichita, Wichita, Kansas, another brand. And it's expanded in Florida, opened its uh, largest location in Orlando. Last year, it's classic product. The original slider and cheese slider surpassed $28 billion in sales over the lifetime uh, of the system. So be sure to check out all the franchise brands that have opened in the United States. Over the past 30 years, through our franchise search function. Uh, we'll include a link to that. We consulted a bunch of different sources, uh, franchise disclosure documents, quarterly filings, QSR Magazine, Restaurant Business Online, all different types of sources that come up with this list. And I hope you found this informative as you explore franchise investments. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. You can leave us a review if you enjoyed the podcast episode. If you hated the podcast episode, let us know what you thought as well as what future episodes you'd like to hear. Feel free also to drop me a line at patrick at vettedbiz.com and subscribe please to our YouTube channel, Business and Franchise Opportunities by Vetted Biz. This has been Franchise Findings Podcast. Thanks for listening.